Good morning. Um, I'm really excited to have this opportunity where I can share some of my thoughts with you, and, but more importantly that I get to share a portion of God's word with you. Um, about three or four weeks ago, um, I was blessed to be able to go to camp. Every morning and night at camp, we would meet up at the fire pit and we'd have a devotional led by one of the campers. For the past five or so years, I'd signed up for one and always looked forward to it. This past year, I was especially excited because a couple young men that I'm really close friends with decided that it'd be a cool idea if we did a series of devotionals on the same topic. We brainstormed for, I don't know, about half a second and decided we would do a deep dive into the topic, finish the race. If you would, please turn your Bibles there. I'll be reading from 1 Corinthians 9, verse 24. 1 Corinthians 9, verse 24. Here we see Paul is writing to the church in Corinth, and he's using running a race as a metaphor to describe how we should view and live our lives. 1 Corinthians 9, verse 24 says, Do you not know that those who run in a race all run, but only one receives the prize? Run in such a way so that you may win. That's what I'd like to talk about this morning. The series that we did consisted of four devotionals and had three main points that we encompassed. Stay prepared, stay strong, and finish the race. As many of you know, I've been playing competitive soccer for most of my life. And throughout all of my years of playing, I've learned a lot of things. One of them being, you better bring all of your equipment or you'll be doing sprints after the game. Preparation is key. Whether it be for sports, for your job, anything in life. The same thing applies to our spiritual lives. Throughout our life, we're constantly being put under pressure by the outside world, and it's making our duty to be a reflection of God very hard. That's why we must be prepared. We don't know how our life will unfold exactly. We don't know how the devil will try and make us stumble. So we must be ready for every situation we're put into and be equipped with the proper tools necessary for the coming trials. So what are these tools that are needed? If you would, let's look at Ephesians 6. Ephesians 6. This is a passage uh, that is known by many that is comprised of a description of the armor of God and what it is. Ephesians 6, and we'll start in verse 13. Ephesians 6, starting verse 13. Therefore, take up the full armor of God, so that you will be able to resist in the evil day, and having done everything, to stand firm. Stand firm, therefore, having girded your loins with the truth, and having put on the breastplate of righteousness, and having shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace. In addition to all, taking up the shield of faith, with which you will be able to extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. And take the helmet of salvation and the sword of spirit, which is the word of God. Some may view this route that I'm going down as a little basic, but I'd like to submit that we should think of them more as the fundamentals. Just like learning how to do algebra, we first need to learn our ones, twos, and threes. Just like learning how to run a race, we first have to learn how to walk. In the same way, 
we also must first learn about the fundamentals on how to be a well-equipped Christian before we go out into the world and win souls for Christ. So here are the attributes that we must strive to attain in order to be fully prepared in how we can apply them. Truth. Only speaking what is true, but also only taking in and applying what is true. Righteousness. All of our thoughts and actions should be glorifying and honoring God. Readiness to spread the gospel. Always studying the gospel so we're prepared for any soul that is willing to listen and take on Jesus. Faith. Having trust that God can do anything through you and faith that God can do anything for you. Salvation. Keeping the hope and promise of salvation in the forefront of our minds. And the word of God. Using God's word to resist and fight against the devil. These are the fundamental attributes that I encourage us as we run a spiritual race to equip ourselves with on this journey by applying them. Our second point is stay strong. If you would, please turn to Galatians 6, verse 9. Galatians 6, verse 9. This will help set the stage for what we will be taking away from God's word. Galatians 6, verse 9 says, Let us not lose heart in doing good, for in due time we will reap if we do not grow weary. Now, I'd like to observe the ways we can find strength through God's word, through our fellow brothers and sisters in Christ, and ways we can find strength in knowing that Jesus stayed strong. Joshua 1, verse 9 says, Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged, for the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. The first way we can find strength when we're constantly being bombarded with trials and temptations is through God's word. When you're running a race, there will be times when you feel like you can no longer run. In that moment, you must remember what your coach taught you about your breathing and your running form. This will help you persevere. In our spiritual lives, we can always reference Jesus, our coach and guide. When we don't know how to solve our problems and we feel helpless, we can use God's word to find all the answers. Knowing that we have God's word with us all the time can bring us strength and comfort because we will be prepared when problems arise. Hebrews 10, 24 and 25 says, and let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another, and all the more as you see the day approaching. The second way we can find strength is through the church. Now, I want you to think about all your brothers and sisters who are in this church building right now. These are the people we're running the race with. Each and every one of these people are here for you. When you're struggling and you feel like you can no longer continue your run in the name of Christ, your fellow brothers and sisters will be there to lift you up and encourage you. These relationships we create within the church will be the ones that make this race easy. By leaning on your church family and them leaning on you, you create a bond that strengthens one another 
that Jesus strives for us all to have with each other. John 16, 33. I have told you these things so that in me you may have peace. In this world you will have trouble, but take heart. I have overcome the world. Our last point is about how we can be strengthened in knowing that Jesus persevered when he was persecuted beyond what we experience today. Jesus portrayed a type of strength that is seen constantly throughout the Bible, resilience. When reading through the Gospels, we never see Jesus throwing fits when people put him down. So why should we? We never see Jesus fighting people who disagree with him. So why should we? What we do see Jesus doing, all the way up to the point when he was being crucified and spat upon, was showing compassion and grace to those who opposed him. So why should we? Because we want to be like Jesus. Rather, we need to be like Jesus. Personally, this gives me strength when I feel like my life is going all sideways. I can just take a moment and remember all the things Christ did, not for himself, but for you and me. So what could be possibly so important that it should stop me from persevering just for my own salvation? One time, uh, Grandpa or Mitch was up here, and he said that if you're not a Christian, this life is as good as it gets. But if you are a Christian, this is the worst it's ever going to be. And it's, it's pretty amazing. We're so blessed. If we stay strong, it only gets better. Our final point is finish the race. Why is it so important that we finish the race strongly, let alone finish it at all? When we're running a race, it is imperative that we're constantly giving it our all. Until the race is over, there will always be opportunities for us to fail. Just like any physical race, you can also fall behind at any point. If you would, please turn to Isaiah chapter 40. Isaiah 40, we'll start in verse 30. Isaiah 40, starting in verse 30, and we'll read to the end of the chapter. It says, Though youths grow weary and tired, and vigorous young men stumble badly, yet those who wait for the Lord will gain new strength. They will mount up with wings like eagles. They will run and not get tired. They will walk and not become weary. God will help us finish strongly, because he's promised to give us strength. And we can find comfort in knowing that, because God is the only place where we can find lasting comfort. Why does it matter to God that we make the race of first importance? We live for Christ because Christ died for us. Please turn to Galatians 5. Galatians 5. Um, this passage speaks on the freedom we have received through Christ also warns us against our old ways. Galatians 5 verse 1 and it reads, it was for freedom that Christ set us free. Therefore keep standing firm and do not be subject again to a yoke of slavery. Since God has granted us our freedom, we owe our lives to him. We have a new master, Jesus Christ, and he is our number one priority because he gave his life for our souls.
performance matters to God. Anyone can run a marathon if you give them enough time or help. Doesn't matter how out of shape they are, it's still possible. But God wants us to value the plan he has set for us and to keep the race at the forefront of our minds. He needs us to run the race to the best of our ability. Just as a runner creates a plan to win, so must we. We must make a plan that will defeat the devil, our biggest opponent. God wants us all to be the first place medalist that he knows we can be. If each one of us applies the tools that God has given us and perseveres to get past that finish line, we will win. The race may seem long, and there will be times when our legs may grow tired and our feet feel like they can run no more. But if we persevere, the rewards we have been promised are far greater than any physical medal we could ever win. I have to admit that there are times when it feels like I'm losing the world's race. But the truth is that to win God's race is to purposely lose the race that the world wants us to run. I found myself trying to compete in the world's race and God's ways, but it's impossible to run in two races at the same time. We have to pick which race we're willing to run, which race is worthy of our time, our effort, and our everything. Is this temporary race that has nothing to offer us but fleeting pleasure? Or is it the race that has the promise of eternal life? The decision's easy when we look at it from that perspective, isn't it? But it's still so hard sometimes to decide, isn't it? Just think how amazing would it be if we could say, I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. Just as Paul said to Timothy at the end of his earthly journey, will we be able to say the same thing to our Lord and Savior when we meet him again? So why do we run this race? Paul explains this back in 1 Corinthians. Uh, at the beginning of the sermon, I reference 1 Corinthians 9, verse 24. And to fully understand that portion of scripture, you must read the previous verses. So if you would, we'll go back to 1 Corinthians 9, but this time we'll start in verse 19. 1 Corinthians 9, we'll start in verse 19. It says, For though I am free from all men, I have made myself a slave to all, so that I may win more. To the Jews I became as a Jew, so that I might win Jews. To those who are under the law, as under the law, though not being myself under the law, so that I might win those who are under the law. To those who are without law, as without law, though not being without the law of God, but under the law of Christ, so that I might win those who are without law. To the weak I became weak, so that I might win the weak. I have become all things to all men, so that I may by all means save some. In this, we can see that Paul competes not just for his salvation, but for an eternal crown that involves recognition from Christ for all those he has led to salvation. That's why he sets aside his freedoms and practices self-control. He hopes to receive this prize and not be disqualified by sinful selfishness before he gets to the end of his life. We need to mimic this type of mindset when we're running our race with God. 
Our job as Christians is sometimes misinterpreted as just trying to get to heaven. While that's not wrong, there's more to it. God has called us to try and win as many souls as we possibly can. God's team needs runners. God wants people who will dedicate their life to him and run the race that is set before them in the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. To join God's team and become a Christian, you must first be baptized. You can show your dedication now by believing, confessing your faith in Christ as God's Son, and being baptized. Maybe you've been caught up trying to win the world's race. You need prayers from the congregation. We'd be more than happy to pray for you. Whatever you need may be, please come forward as we stand and sing.